Critical Drinking. I'm Kevin Regan. I'm Ryan Malik. And we are back. We are back. I know, it feels like it's been a long time. Yeah, I mean, really, it's only been a week. And two to three days. But, like, like this is this week's episode. Mm-hmm. Last week was last week's episode. We just recorded it earlier, but it feels like it's been a long time because I've been out of out of the Critical Drinking Studios for an entire week. And I've been out of breath because I played basketball a long time ago, and it was a long time. I, I, I got tired. But you guys won both games. Mm-hmm, but I was tired. I was out of breath. Yeah, that's true. But you also hit your shots. Finally. Happened. It did happen, It folks. did happen. It's an amazing feat. But Ryan Ryan was able to... to uh, but enough about me and how awesome I am. <laughs> right. Let's move on to yeah. a movie tonight. Tonight, we're watching one of my favorite comedies of all time. It's a good one. The Royal Tenenbaums. And as Kevin pointed out, we've kind of been watching some uh, stinkers lately. Yeah. Well, not really. I Throwaways. Mean, probably not stinkers. Throwaway. True. Throwaway. That was Jake's personal personal. But, choice, you so. know, we kind of we kind of watched... The Alphabet Killer, which was great. Triple X, which was great. We haven't done Throwaways, have we? No. We've just done great, great films. No. Throwaway masterpieces. I mean, not everyone can be at the top of the Masterpiece Mountain. Right. Well, it's, it's a new, been, sh- new show coming on PBS. It's been a while. I think Platoon might have been the last one that we watched that was, you know, a good quality movie. Or one that one of us mm-hmm. really liked. Like, you know, loved. So, this this one, you know, we've watched a lot of movies Ryan's loved. This is one of the movies that I really love. This I love is, this. I, I really like this movie, too. <laughs> this is on my top ten list. And it just, I honestly, it gets better every time, but enough about that. Um, that's the movie we're going to be watching tonight, yep. and we're going to tie it in to our top five, which is top five comeback performances. People that were once relevant and started shitting their pants and doing shitty. Yep. And I mean, then came back. Yeah, like, and it was a signature role that right. brought him back. Exactly. And so it's one of those roles. And so I think we agreed that that was kind of Gene Hackman's role in this, mm-hmm. was he was the, you know... He plays Royal Tenenbaum, mm-hmm. and he was the, you know, it's kind of one of his, you know, a, a, I'd say a role that kind of brought him back into, you know, a re- as a relevant actor. Everyone knew who Gene Hackman was, but yeah. no one could name what Gene Hackman was in. In the last 10 years, yeah. yeah. and so this was something that helped, you know, bring yeah. that to happiness. That I agree. Make that sense. happiness, it did. It brought it to happiness. I was going to say fruition, but I don't know that word. Fruition? Fruition. I yeah. thought it was fruition, but I was like, fruit's You're good right. Too. You also thought that wine that our producer is drinking was a Pinot Grigio, and then she said, no, it's a Riesling. You go, I thought it was a Riesling. Well, I thought it was, but you know what? I thought that was such a simple choice. Whenever, I guess whenever you're wrong, you thought it was the right answer every time, right? Yeah, about. Yeah, okay. I good. was always right. I get but, it. Yeah, we cleared that up. Good. Just because uh, I was wrong doesn't mean I wasn't right. True. But yeah, our top five is top back, top five comeback performances. So any, like Ryan described, anybody that, you know, kind of went away and then one role, one defining yeah, role kind of brought them back. And, so, it has to, and it has to be some, it has to be sustained. It can't be like. It can't be a one and done. Like yeah. you, you had one movie and then you kind of flamed That guy was hilarious out. in a scene in The Tooth Fairy and like, <laughs> you know, he kind yeah. of didn't like. Why didn't we watch that this week, by the way? We talked about we it did, last week. we but... did, we watched, we talked about it last week. Oh, that's right. Right. We don't. I, you know what? I don't give out ten stars. You know, <laughs> Just, ten out of ten like chiclets. So, <laughs> you know, we can't keep on watching ten out of ten movies like Triple X and the Tooth Fairy. The Tooth Fairy, you're right. That Game Plan. That's true. All right. Eat the Fockers. Right. Anyways, give me your drink prediction. Well, Kevin, 
Give me a, just give me a little history on your night so far tonight. I went to the steakhouse that's out back behind yeah, you. Right. Some people call it out back. I had myself a no rules quesadilla. Ryan As Kevin pointed out, there was plenty of rules, which was yeah. that the no rules quesadilla during happy hour is three fifty. Unless you want chicken on it, and the rule is that it's four twenty five. <laughs> then so, you want some grilled fillet on it, and it's four fifty. So my Those one two my, rules. Yeah, my two know. rules quesadilla, I guess. <laughs> Was accompanied by two dollars thirteen ounce Coors Lights, not twelve, but thirteen oh, no. ounce. Squeeze an extra ounce in there. Yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty good. I think I four, just yeah. four. Yeah. And then we watched some internet, and I had a Keystone. <laughs> we watched some internet. Pounder, pounder, pounder. <laughs> and then because I didn't want to drink all the Keystone pounders, I got shown a Sam Adams wheat beer, which sucked, didn't it? I don't know. It, it was all sucked. right. It kind of sucked. And so... Then the one in your hand is your... Yeah, there's your six. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah so, so yeah, I'm going to drink this one plus... How long is this? This movie's kind of long. Yeah. Three more. There's a lot of slow-mo in Wes Anderson movies, yeah. so that eats up time. Four pounders. That's... Including the one you have? Yeah. Okay. That's 64 ounces. I think I could beat it, but I'm just I'm gonna be a nice guy today because I'm all about appreciation. Kevin, go. Nice guy. I'm gonna be. Uh, I'm not gonna be so nice. I drank. I think I drank one one less beer. No, two less beers than you tonight so far. You've lapped me a couple times, but I'm one gonna, was a real beer. This, well, it was it was real. real it was really not good tasting. Yeah, that's true. But a real beer because mm-hmm. Keystone. What are you saying about Keystone Light? Which should already be sponsoring our podcast, oh, Keystone Light. It's the best beer. But yeah. It's always smooth. I know that for a fact. Yeah, but, I mean, when I say real beer, I mean real beer that's not the best Hold on. beer. Hold on. Did you know it said on the can, always smooth? Yeah. Did you know it said that? Yeah. I just always thought it was always smooth. I didn't know that that was, like, one of their slogans. I just thought it was always smooth all the time. Where it's the weird that they knew that. Where have you been? Where have you been? I didn't know they're so. It's always smooth. It's always smooth. Have you seen that new commercial they got? I know with, it was with, with Keith Stone. Have you seen that one? That's a great commercial. Keith Stone. He's always smooth. Keith Stone. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's so smooth mm-hmm. all the time. There's a hot cat from the tree. He's so smooth. You know what these pounders are lacking now? The oh, always saying. smooth moment. The always smooth yeah. moment. I kind of wish we'd just get thirty packs so we could read them, but it's too bad. It is too bad. It's three bad. It's not three. Well, it could be three bad. Mm-hmm. I think it's three bad. Well, um, give me a goddamn update. What right, are you going to do? I'm going to drink the four. I'm going to drink. A, I'm going to drink four, just like you, the one in my hand, and then three others. But if I get to four during the movie, I'm going to take a shot. Well, I'll take a shot too. Okay. You didn't include me in this little you fun didn't, time. You didn't know it was coming. It was a surprise. Wow, I shot what? Surprise party. I got some stuff up there. All right, I'll take, I'll take one. Pick. All right. It's going to be bad. All right, and, uh, we'll see you after the break. If we survive. If we survive. Welcome back to Critical Drinking. Good we just watched World Tenant Bombs. We did. We did. And uh, I don't know about you, Ryan, but 
I loved it again. I loved it I loved again it as again. well. I also loved the beer that I drank with it. That's true. Give me your status update. Status update? Yep. Completed. When I completed my prediction and I overtook Kevin. Well, you did. I did exactly no, did. what Kevin said and I took a shot too. And then you know what? I just got done with another one after this. I just opened a brand new one. That's right. That's and if you right. listen to this. That's, that's an empty can. That's an empty can that I just drank. An unknown can. That's true. Happened. Give no, me your status update, Kevin. You already gave him my status update. My status update is I drank the requisite amount. And I took, took shot. I took that shot I was going to. He did everything I, he was supposed to do. Then I didn't drink that extra beer. Right you know what? Right. Some people go above and beyond, and some people don't. I understand, Kim. It just happens. <laughs> but we watched World Tender Bombs, and... Uh, it was good, as usual. Give me give me your take. My take first? Yeah, your take first. Well. Spit out those sunflower seeds. Give me your take. I obviously enjoyed the movie. Yep. By Wes Anderson. Yep. And uh, I'm going to go, not my first point first, but things after it. Okay. What I enjoyed the greetings of the cast was that we had 20 minutes of, or 15 minutes oh, of yeah. story, and then all of a sudden it came, this is the cast, and this is who's playing the, you know. Yep. It was all the same scene. I actually scene. wrote that down. Yeah, it was the same scene. It was the guy at the front, or the the character at the front with people wandering in the back, and it was it was pretty good. I think, I think the intros, which you were just talking about, are the best one of the best parts of the movie. That's because the same in almost all Wes Anderson movies. It's true. Because yeah. the intros, they're so, they, they so plainly but... Accurately. Accurately explain the characters. Mm-hmm. Didn't hurt that uh, A. Baldwin was... Uh, yes, that was Alec, one of my first point. Alec Baldwin was... Mr. Alec Baldwin was a narrator. Narrator. But... And, yeah, keep going. I think that, like... Because I actually wrote this down. It this whole the whole intro, which lasted until about sixteen minutes in, mm-hmm. gave you a feeling like you knew them, but you knew more about them than really. You weren't their friend, but that you knew a lot. You knew about a lot them. about yeah. them, yeah. And and the up like six, you know, up until the six minute and forty five second mark, you learned about them as children. Mm-hmm. Which was really effective. Mm-hmm. The next minute, you learned their names. It was just straight up intro, like you know, showed Danny Glover, and it said Danny Glover as Raleigh St. Clair. Ex- no, that's Bill Murray as Raleigh St. Clair. Yeah, yeah, I know. So, but so I like just, it would say Bill I was Murray. Tricking you. Yeah, it'd say like Bill Murray as Raleigh St. Clair, and then Trick it, that's, seven. that was the next minute. And then up until from seven forty-five up until sixteen minutes, you learned. A few of them as adults, okay. and I think it was so it was so well done. And it, you know, like the straightforward cinematography, like the straight on cinematography that whole time, combined with mm-hmm. the Beatles music, the Beatles, the Beatles was uh, was really really effective. I think it just it totally worked. Sorry to steal your thunder. Go I thought it, man. It just means less things for you to talk about. <laughs> yep. Um, obviously, it's a great cast. Luke Wilson, Owen Wilson, Ben Affleck, and that's just for, ha, 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 ha. 
Gwyneth Paltrow, Paltrow, Gene Hackman, Angelica Houston, Dan Glover, Bill Murray. I mean, you got everyone on this cast. Yeah. A few things I noticed was there's a lot of tweed in this. A lot of tweed. Oh, yeah. Like, a lot of double-breasted tweed suits, a lot Uh A lot of regular tweed jackets. Like, I'm a fan of tweed. I saw it. I was almost over-tweeted, and I didn't get over-tweeted. I'm just saying. (laughs) I think it gives an essence of more, like, it's more bulk. And it's more more kind of... Tweed's tweed's not exactly a humbling, you know... Right. Yeah, exactly. And, like, um, before... I get to my next one. I want to give a shout out to Buckley. 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 Buckley, the dog in this movie. Me love canines. They're sweet, and yep. he, he did a good job. But um, when you're talking about tw- when you're talking about the tweet, it brings me to this point: is that even though you assume that this is somewhat the era you're watching it, thing is that everything so. Like, the kids use, like, the most old-school printouts and old-school computers. I mean, you don't know if this movie's in 1980 or, you know, 2001 or 2002 when it came out. Yep. It's it's more or less trying to be timeless Mm -hmm. using modern things. Yeah, and it does a good job. I mean, the house is like that, the whole... Yep. You don't know what time it takes place. Their sweatsuits... Sweatsuits and Adidas had sweatsuits yep. forever. Yep, you don't know when those are from. Um, tweed jackets forever. I was, um, I'm gonna talk about that. This movie was made for people that don't have ADD, true, or made for people that have ADD with medication because <laughs> there's a lot of scenes that you're just like, way to go, that seems sweet. If you're paying attention, but it wasn't needed. I mean, this movie was very well made, and you definitely need to pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. That's kind of my whole point. And my last point is that, as Kevin and I will agree, the most poignant moment in the movie mm-hmm. Suicide Temp by Mr. Luke Wilson. Mm-hmm. To my boy, my favorite artist, Elliot Smith's song, Neil and the Hay. But I think we're both going to talk about that. So, my point is that Wes Anderson came to Elliot to do a redo of the song Hey Jude. A redo. And Elliot was so high on drugs and not ready to do it that Wes Anderson had to decline. And the whole opening intro with the little piano or whatever Mm -hmm. it is, chord of Hey Jude, was supposed to be Elliot's... Really? Hey Jude. Wow. So I did not know that. Kind of a fun fact for that is a good people fact. that were not that people if you're not too hammered and intoxicated couldn't made an opening thing. Give me your thoughts, That's awesome. Kevin. That's actually a great little tidbit because I did not know that. Because that that whole the Beatles intro, I think, you know, Hey Jude really kind of sets the tone for that mm-hmm. whole it's it's a really, really whimsical little intro. And like I was talking it about does earlier. overall seem like a Beatles movie. Yeah. Like like it's it's obscure and odd the whole time. Right. Seems like a very well done Beatles movie. I think that speaking to that, 
Wes Anderson always has really great music. Well, Wes Anderson is one of them, but yeah. And I think, and just like Quentin Tarantino, I think Quentin Tarantino and Wes Anderson are the two best directors, you know, slash producers, slash whatever titles they give themselves, are the best music, you know, they, they know what music, they know what tone they're going for, mm-hmm. and they find the music appropriate for that. And I think that Wes Anderson, in, in a lot of cases, will find music in some scenes that the scene itself, like if you watched it muted, the scene would portray a different tone than he gives the music. Yep. And so he will give a music, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll give you that, that sense that, you know, this, this is a really serious scene and then I'll have a very whimsical song going along with it. And it really, I think it elevates the, the feeling of the entire scene. It, it, it creates more depth. It creates more, like every every single time, and I noticed this early on, and I was trying to focus on it. Mm-hmm. None of those were done, you know, done for the sake of trying to make you, for you know, think about something else or or anything like that, distract you from the seriousness of the scene. They were all very well placed um, to, to yeah, kind of give you a certain feeling because it's it's sort of a conflicting feeling. But once you you know understand that this is. You know, it's not, it's it's serious, but there's also this music underneath it. It gives you a really, you know, I think it's the feeling he was going for, which is why well, I think I mean, he's such a good... Yeah, well, I mean, he uses scenes effectively. He used cuts very effectively, oh, yeah. which is one yeah. of my favorite parts about him, is that he makes sure that you're feeling what he is feeling, at least at the lowest degree. Yeah, I agree. Like, you could take this movie and feel so... I mean, this movie is one of those movies that... Like, I'm an artsy person, you know, but that the artsy people in the world could take this movie and just be like, Smash Face, couldn't you tell that that's a... <laughs> yeah. But it takes the lowest denominator, like, oh my god, that's a sad scene. And he does such a good job of, like, a lot of other people could connect these things, but I want to make right. sure that people that come and watch us connect these things. Yeah. And gets the feeling I want, you right? Know, you know, and he does a and great. It's not job necessarily of that. the feeling, the cliche feeling that you yeah, it's definitely have, not right? cliche. Yeah, exactly. So that's and that's kind of I guess what I was pointing towards. Um, this is one of, like I said earlier, this is one of my favorite comedies ever, and I can't describe how how the humor just works. Every time I watch it again, it just gets funnier. I think that the the super dry humor. And the the intended but not obvious humor Whoa. is so so effective in this movie. The second or third time you watch it, that <laughs> I think every line in this movie is so calculated, and it, it it's so you know it. I I almost think that as calculated as every line sounds in this movie, it should have won some or it should have garnered some sort of nomination for screenplay well, or something like that. Well, yeah, I mean. I agree with you, and it's this whole idea that Wes Anderson made, you know, bottle rockets, right? Yeah. And Rushmore, which yep. are both bottle rockets, much more in the undercover yeah. pits, right? Absolutely. Royal Bombs was really his first hoorah, you know, not yeah. have the Wilson brothers and not have... He's, got, Jordan, he's, yeah. got, a he's got the super cast. star cast, yeah. And he didn't change a thing. It was so funny. It's mm-hmm. just... You know, it's... God, there's a point there somewhere. <laughs> this, is, this is the best part about critical drinking, is yeah, that yeah. I was ready to give myself a point. 
Big but it's just. Well, I think the whole the whole dry humor. Yeah. Whole, is that what you're? No, keep going. I mean, I think the whole dry humor and everything, like what was intended, comes out on future viewings. Mm-hmm. Like you can see it once and go, that wasn't that great. You can see it six times mm-hmm. and every single time go. Oh gosh, that gets better and better yeah, every time because uh, the intended humor is so good. I think it's very good, and, and if it's not intended, it's 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 it de- works. He, well, he's definitely a character director. He's oh, yeah. not Jerry Bruckheimer. He's not. Right. I mean, shouldn't salt. Sorry about that, Wes. Right. But <laughs> you're definitely not him. Right. But, you know, it's a uh, right one of those movies that one, and it's like those times, like sometimes you have to trust the professionals. Like, I mean, there's a lot of indie movies out there, like, I'm talking about now that you'll be like, I heard it was so good, and you're watching it, see, they're amazing, but when you get an all-star cast for a non-mass theatrical movie... Yeah, no big budget thing. Yeah, follow it, because there's a reason that all of them decided to join up on it. Right. And they aren't going to be influenced because they're lower class, but... right. Tell me more, Kevin. The only the only other things, other than saying this is this is a movie it, it, we watched. By the way, the Criterion Collection it deserves to be on the Criterion Collection. Mm-hmm. The Rock good. was the Rock was. Um, it's it's that good. If you haven't seen it, it's a shame that you haven't. You should really borrow it from me or rent it. Um, the only other quick points I have are uh, in the cemetery. When they go to the cemetery mm-hmm. and Royal's wearing like the pea coat with uh, yeah, that hat. Yeah. And he's got the long gray hair coming out the back but bald on the top. Yeah. Reminds me so much of my grandpa that it's ridiculous. Um, I can't comment on that. I, I know you can't. Uh, no. I haven't met your grandpa. I know you can't. The, the last point I want to make is a question actually. It's why Wes Anderson being as musically, you know, Astute as he is, mm-hmm. and 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 him as Tarantino is, I think, being so good at choosing music and he, he, music. well, they both well, not he did, but Wes Anderson made this whole movie. Nothing went by, right. him. nothing went by him. He made sure everything was okay. So so so, given that, why they have Christmas time from Charlie Brown Christmas that instrumental? Why they have that in there when it's so. Like, well, to me at least, it clearly evoked a Christmas feel. It didn't evoke necessarily any emotional response to the scene. It just made me think, is this scene at Christmas? And it happened twice during the movie, which two it didn't have It happened twice, but to me, I think, it, I think of that song as Loneliness or Recently Left. Right. And I think both the times, I mean, the first time you hear is when Gwyneth Paltrow tells... Bill Murray, I've right. got too much mascara under my right. and you know, and he goes back home. And I think, I think Wes Anderson knows what he's doing, obviously. Yeah. Yep. And it is an odd choice, but I think it's, I think that that representation without the words. I mean, it was totally piano, like true. Well, the second time it was, yeah, like a but, choir movie. But I mean, like or the, choir music. yeah, and it's, I think it's a representation of loneliness. Personally, like, when she was, because that was when she first left her husband right. and going back, like, 
But I think Christmas time is. But I don't see, know the that's, fucking song. No, that's that's the that's the thing though. The the line is Christmas time is here. Yeah, it's like it seems you know, it's, regardless of what the instrumentals are, that ties to Christmas, which took me. But out I of look, I look at Wes Anderson, knowing people. I I mean, I don't know if he's a psych major, but I think he knows people. Like right. for me, I don't know what that mu- I don't know what that music meant. Like I know it was a Christmas mu- song. Yeah, but I don't know the words. But for me, it just. Tied to right away, loneliness, loneliness, and, yeah. and you know, being alone. So like, maybe I may, maybe, maybe we're maybe we're two different. You know, well, I mean, I mean, you may you may not be, obviously you know the words, but maybe he did. Maybe he did a study. I mean, what's interesting? Someone that would do true. a study yeah, like fifty eight percent of the people think that this is loneliness. Forty two percent think it's not, and gonna take the majority. You know, what I mean, it's true. But yeah, I understand the, that totally random Christmas songs. But yes. you know what? The two best scenes in the movie were both clearly poignant with music. Mm-hmm. In my well, two in my opinion. First we're talking one, about we're talking about the, yeah. se- the second best second best scene is the final scene second with Royal's best. burial, mm-hmm. and it's Van Morrison singing. I don't even know what the song is called. But it's yeah. Van Morrison singing, and and they're they're walking it's like Van from, Morrison's sixth greatest hit. They're walk they're walking from his grave in slow motion because Wes Anderson loves slow motion. They're walking mm-hmm. from from the grave in slow motion, and that song is playing, and that is, it's it's an amazing way to end the movie. However, the first, the greatest scene in this movie is easily Elliot Smith with needle in the hay, needle in the hay. With Luke Wilson, the suicide attempt. The suicide attempt. Well, and that's so great. And then the 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 part afterwards in the hospital. Yes. Him and Chaz, his their suicide note. Oh, it's so that's so classic. That's really it's the best. And and that's the first part of the movie, in my opinion, where you really like when you when you start hearing Elliot Smith, and then you look at Luke Wilson, you're just staring him in the face in the mirror as if Mm -hmm. he's looking at himself. That's the one. That's that's the first time in the movie when you really say, "Wow, this like I feel this. I feel this." You know what I mean? And well, then I from think that on it. it, it I think it was a great know. choice of music, obviously, because yeah. I'm biased. But but I, I mean, well, no. attempt, blah, blah, regardless blah, of but bias, it, it, uses, it, it uses very powerful chords to make. Yes. Uh, but the best part is when they pause the music and have the. You know, people find out they submit suicide, and they yep. have that twenty-second pause, and then and then cuts to them rushing him down the hospital yeah. floor. You know, Bill Murray, but Josh yeah, Kenna. but but when they cut to that, it cuts back to the main part of the song, which is yeah. I mean, it's just notes, but it's just a good job. I mean, yeah. it's I mean, the song's about being strung out on heroin and not wanting to live. I mean, yeah. and you have a scene about. Someone committing suicide and not wanting to live. I mean, it's a good connection. And when you think about it, like I said earlier, connection that the opening song was supposed to be made by this artist right. and wasn't made because he was too strung out on right. heroin. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of very poignant to say the least. Oh yeah, I think I think we're tra- we're kind of talking about Wes Anderson and Quentin Tarantino as these music. Musically savvy directors. Mm-hmm. I think one thing that they do is they really analyze the music 
and even lyrically, mm-hmm. if a music if 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 a song matches lyrically to what they're talking about, they'll include it. And this was one of those that fit both ways. It fit tonally, where it fit the the melody kind of mm-hmm. fit the tone of the movie, but also the words. Fit. Well, I think it's I think it's about I mean I think it's one two things for a good movie, not one or two things for any movie because right. obviously there's shitty examples, but. Daddy Daycare. These times, yeah, Daddy Daycare Obviously, had yeah. great music and was one of the best movies ever. Clearly. But no, uh, that you make scenes, decide what you want, you know, go yeah. with those. But you mean, sometimes you meet up with a great composer. Right. Like you're with John Williams. Yeah. You know, like yeah. uh, all those Don't people. defend George Lucas now. No, no. Don't John, defend him. John Williams, I'm thinking of... Uh, Do not defend him. Elfman, uh, you know, all those people. And they'll be like, so I got what I want here. Now, right. you make something to make this scene good. True. True. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of a different theory, and I I mean it's two theories inside. Like, oh yeah. Oh definitely. Like, Composer I wanna, versus. I, yes, I want a song to fit this scene, right. or I want someone that's creating music to make a song to oh, fit yeah. this scene. Oh yeah. But totally this, different. This movie's totally fine song to fit this scene. Right. But it's kind of a. I think it works. I think. Oh, I think it works. I think both work, but I think this works very well. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. It comes down to the whole idea. Like, do you want old songs or new songs? Like I've said, I've said this before. Like, you look at the first. What is it? Twilight is that the first one? Yep. Whole album was made of songs that were already made. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was CD. Well, obviously, became bigger, and then. Well, second CD was songs made for the movie. I mean, it's kind of like, well, idea. Do you Shouldn't make, you, yeah? Do you make songs for the movie, or do you pick songs to fit what you want to do in the movie? And it's, it, I'm not saying one is wrong or right. I'm just saying that those are two different attacks toward the sonic ensemble. Of I like I like sonic ensemble. Mm-hmm. I like that. All right. So, well, what the movie? Let's get some ratings. Yeah, ratings. Uh, this movie. For you, go first. This is a beloved movie in my catalog. It's one of those that I can watch over and over and over again. Which I did tonight. Mm-hmm. I watched it just one of you know one of double digit times. I love this movie. I'm as comedies go and as movies go. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10 because I'm going to reserve that 10 for something super duper. But! But it's close. 9 out of 10. It's it's the highest rating I've ever given. It's This is one of the movies that I just, I cannot find a flaw in. Ryan. I'm going to give this movie an 8.5 out of 10. 8.5. I, really I really like the hats. I hats are legal. T.O. I can't do that one yet. But, um... Absolutely. Reason is I love this movie. I love Wes Anderson, but I'm I'm really weird that I really like Life Aquatic better. Like everyone could agree, like uh-huh. almost everyone could agree that the Royal Tenenbaum is better. But for some reason, I like Life Aquatic better. And for a Wes Anderson movie, yeah, I'm just gonna give this one an eight point five, which is a great rating. Not quite nine, oh, yeah. but it's a, probably the highest rated movie we've done. Given the uh, rating system, which is like... The proposition was higher, but yes. Yeah, that's true. But, that's I mean, true. I don't know. It's the highest comedy we've given. Yes, and I, I really appreciate this movie, and I think it's really, really well done. And 
of the characters. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just a weird person. And, hey, uh, we'll, we maybe we'll talk about Steve Zizu later. Mm-hmm. You know, later in the in the pod podcasting era. <laughs> maybe like episode twenty seven. Is that, be Empire, is that Empire Strikes Back? Uh, I, I think episode twenty seven is Empire Strikes Back. Or wait, episode twenty seven is actually Life Aquatic with Steve Zizu. Yes, mark it. Mark it in your calendar. But I just, I just like, I, I don't know. I just like that one better. But overall, hey, eight and a half. No one, and no, and this is an eight and a half that is solid. It's not like yeah. first time I've seen this movie at least four or five times. Right. Like, if you want to argue with this guy, you just go to our uh, our website, or you go to mm-hmm. our Twitter, or you go to our Facebook. You argue with them there, and and vote for Adam because that's, that's an argument against me. That's true. Yeah. That's true. All right, so now we're going to get into our top five, which yeah, is top... We're, kind of, we're trying to go for a quick episode here because... It's true. You're not helping, though. See your little buttons here. Little buttons. Well, well hold on. Huh? What, huh? Are, we, what huh? are we doing? Huh? Huh? What are we doing? We're going... Uh, we're, got, we're trying to do... <laughs> All right, top five. Uh-huh. Top five comeback performances, meaning... Well, top talk five. about why this is a comeback. You tell me. No, you, you tell me. I'm just going to fucking right. butt into you All right, again. So, so, so why comeback. to... Okay. It was pre Y2K. Well, that's true. It was post Y2K, bro. So, uh, so a comeback, in our opinion, is an actor who is well established mm-hmm. already, who took his career and kind was of. Was once a star, not was exactly once a star. well established, right. but. Okay, was once a star. Kind was of flushed, once considered a star, yeah. Kind of flushed that down the toilet. And then this role, this mm-hmm. single role that we're going we're gonna to talk about, either blossomed his new career or. Made him the actor he is today. Yep. Somehow made him, you know, it was, it was, led him on the comeback. Comeback role. And why do we do him or her? Because him of Gene her. Hackman. Uh, yep. Because Gene Hackman, I think that Gene Hackman was. This since, movie, yeah. Yeah, since he was, you know, er, mm, this was too, this is early 2000s. Yeah, right? 2001. Yeah, and so he was since. Big time in like early since, 90s. Yeah, since early 90s, mid 90s. He had kind of just gone into nowhere, like into obscurity. And this movie, I think, really, really set him as because, in my opinion, he was so great in this. Mm-hmm. That, well, he made that, the whole movie, you know. And it, and it kind of it kind of blossomed a small career, but really, it was just in itself was good enough to mm-hmm. to merit a comeback. And so we are doing top five comebacks. I'm going to go first. Go first, baby. Give me your number five. My number five. Is Burt Reynolds. Oh, man. Burt Reynolds. Let's hear it. In Boogie Nights. Mm-hmm. The actor is Burt Reynolds. Movie's Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights, great movie. He did He did a bunch of good stuff in the 70s, and then... Boy, he's Burt Reynolds. But he's Burt, yeah. He's... What is that, Burt Reynolds you, There's yeah. a reason you've heard of Burt yeah, Reynolds. exactly. Man. But it, it, it took him, like... After the seventies, he really had no luck. I mean, he was acting and stuff, but he had no luck really with, with much. And it took him until he was sixty years old, with a movie going back to the seventies, well, to really and, reemerge. And it was a movie about penises, so to, to really reemerge. But I think that him, for him to make his comeback as Jack Horner, the little bit classy. A little, a little bit assy porn director. He's a Michelob Ultra of uh, porn directors. He's a little bit classy, a little bit assy. I think he was really good. He's my number five. Go. That's a good pick. Thanks. Pick my number, number five is also another one that's out there. He's also a part of this movie. Yeah? 
Bill Murray. There it is. I'm going to be honest. Let's be like, Bill Murray was a huge star of the late 80s. Huge. Early 90s. What Saturday happened Night late? Live. Yeah, well, well, Saturday Night Live, but. Launched it, but. Yeah. What happened late 90s? Like, let's be honest. He was doing uh, The Man Who Knew Too Much and uh, the comedy. That was a funny movie. But The, but a the comedy, Man Who Knew Too Little? That yeah. was a good movie. But. It was not. He was doing not like any. Not like anyone saw it. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. he was doing the semi-funny part on Charlie's Angels. You know, like not really that funny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he was struggling. That was two thousand, right? Yeah, right in there. He was struggling, and he's like, yeah. you know what? I'm gonna set my game up. Step Nomination. Game up. Yeah. Set your game up. Lost in translation. Yep. Academy nomination. Yep. And we're talking about, and these movies, I think, help make that. We got Royal Tumult, we got Life Aquatic. Yep. You know. Wes Anderson, I think, Yeah, he, uh, well, career. obviously, oh, yeah. but I'm just talking about Lost in Translation, and that, after that, he became more than just an icon. He oh, can yeah. do Zombieland and be hilarious, but he can also do, was He's it like, established as a serious. He got nominated for Golden Globe oh, Nominal, yeah. which was like, oh, what, yeah. like Flowers and Gadisha or something like that? Like, uh, he got... Broken Flowers. Broken Flowers. Yeah. Like, he got another one. Like, it's like, yep. all of a sudden, it's like, Bill Murray. Best well, he was actor good in all. that. That wasn't a great movie, but he was really good yeah, in that. Yeah, but when you get to the point that, I mean, he's getting almost Meryl Streep status. Like, getting nomination <laughs> for anything you do. For anything you do, that's true. And yeah. that's a comeback for me, because he went from oh, yeah. funniest, you got Ghostbusters, you know. Caddyshack. The last, well, cat, well, obviously, Caddyshack. But all of a sudden, you get, the last funny movie when I was looking at IMDb. Yeah. Which I know people said he was great in Wild Things, 96. But what about Bob? Wild <laughs> but Whatever. What about Bob in, like, Bob 92? So he was so hilarious. That was like Bill Murray being Bill Murray. But since then, we didn't get totally. any Bill Murray. No, you're right. We got right. Wild Things lawyer Bill Murray in no, a neck right. brace. But we didn't get anything. And all of a sudden, we got now, you know, Lost in Translation... You know, it's Royal Tenenbaums, Life Aquatic, bones. Broken Flowers, Zombieland. Then we get Zombieland, yeah, which and is, that's just that. cements him as a great... I mean, if you can make a cameo mm-hmm. and be that good and be one of the best cameos ever, yeah. like, well, I, seals the deal. It's weird saying this such a mainstream actor for being yeah. out of him, but it's like, if you look at the dip that happened, I'm going to put him in my number five category. Easily. Yep. So now I'm going to number four. Go to your number four. Number four is also in this movie. Really? Bill Murray. His name All is right. Mr. Alec Baldwin. hey Alec, I love how he was a narrator in this movie for like two seconds. I, I mean... He's Six a, minutes. He's a narrator, but he's not the narrator. He never showed his face, but he was a, he has a great voice for narration. Well, that. he narrates the beginning, but... I want to make love to his voice. Because <laughs> it's sexy. He narrates the beginning, but doesn't... It's there anything else. Everyone else narrates their own thing. You know, Tenenbaum. Like, well, he says Tenenbaum, really. Uh... Woo! Problem is that... What? What? The problem is Hold that on, you what? always look at what? Alec Baldwin. Oh, okay, sorry. Go ahead. You look at Alec Baldwin as being famous, and then you try to remember why he's famous, and then you get confused. <laughs> You're like, oh, Pink Alec Baldwin was so. in Backdraft. Wait, no, that was... Stephen Ball. I don't even know what ball right now, but it wasn't Alec. Now, Alec Baldwin's best performance was Glengarry Glenn Ross and... By far. The Edge. Strong Anthony Hopkins. The Edge is good, too. Yeah, he's getting the Edge, too. <laughs> I with, love that with, fucking with, movie. With what bear? Uh, Bart the Bear. Bart the Bear. He died. But there's Bart 2, isn't there? Bart 2 is out now. Bart 2 the Bear. 
Don't worry about Barton Bear. And Paul Sweaty's balls. Like, I mean, like, there's no so much. This much everyone knows Alec Baldwin, but they aren't sure why they know 30 him. Rock now. Well, and that's why, he, that, that's why he came back. Dude, 30 Rock's a good 30 show. Rock made him what he is now. He he's, really a, he's a superstar. He is. He's a he superstar. He can do whatever he wants now. He was a semi-star because he was a Baldwin. But now he's a superstar. He was one of those that hosted SNL a record amount of times, though. Yeah, well, because for he was what so, reason? Because he's just he was so good at it. Yeah, but that didn't mean that. Actor. I mean, like John Goodman, like did the same amount. That's true. I love John Goodman. It's just. But same, where has he been? It's the same thing that like you eating. look at. He's been eating. Like, you know these people. Like people know these people. Yeah. But they can't name why they know these people. Like anyone could say, "Oh, that's John Goodman." Why do you know him? He was... He was in Mouse Hunt. Yeah, the husband and Roseanne. Like, right. no one knows yeah. why they know right. him. And, like, right. Alec Baldwin. I, I, obviously, I know Alec Baldwin. That's why true. do you know right. him? He right. was in The the Edge. Like, I, I'm not quite sure why I know these people. Yeah. But Alec Baldwin was the one that stepped up and said, this is why you know me, because I'm in 30 Rock and I fucking kick ass in it. Like, right. that's my number four. He came back from shit. There you go. All right, my number four might show up somewhere on your list. Mickey Rourke. I heard that guy's good. Mickey Rourke and the wrestler. Uh, this, you guys have probably heard this story over and over because it was so recent, but Aronofsky wrote the wrestler for Mickey Rourke. Yeah. Well, with Mickey Rourke in mind. Yep. And it turned out so perfect because Mickey Rourke really... Had the role of his lifetime. Mm-hmm. And he's, I mean, to his credit for that movie, he's now in the new Iron Man. And honestly, the only reason why he is this high on my list, because I thought it was amazing, is because I haven't seen him in anything else yet. I'm going to have to see him in something to, if he's he, good in Iron Man. He thought he was good in the list. Iron Man trailer. Me too. Yeah. yeah. So the only reason why he's not farther up on this list is because he hasn't done anything to cement his comeback yet. But Mickey Rourke's my number four. My number three. Well, tell me your number three. My number three, I think will, I think will show up on your list. It's D Hopper, Dennis Hopper. Ooh, you it won't show up on your it's list. It's not going to show up. Like I'm just going to sell you right now. Hopper, you listen to me right now. Oh, this guy, this guy did Easy Rider. Uh, the, there's another one he did, which was better. He did True Grit? No, not not that. Even better. But then he went on to kind of lose himself in drugs and alcohol. And did the greatest role of all time. No, 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 wait. He he, he went on to do drugs and alcohol. Well, and gave the and greatest line what? of all time. He went, listen, though. He went to rehab, fixed himself up, and made his comeback in, say it, Blue... Velvet. Velvet. Well, yeah. Made his comeback in Blue Velvet. In the greatest line of all time. Pep's Blue Ribbon. Fuck that shit. <laughs> Heineken. Heineken. Fuck that shit. Pep's uh, yeah, Blue Ribbon. Wrong way. So, so he made his comeback there, and then he really... That was his comeback? That was his comeback. Dude, he went... He was in and out of rehab until he made Blue Velvet. Then was in he Hoosiers. Went, he, then he was went, in Hoosiers. And which, his, which everyone said he was so amazing in Hoosiers. In like, he submitted him. No, he just submitted him. No, himself. but I mean, no. People always said, oh, Dennis Hopper's performance in Hoosiers made. I love D-Hop. Like you yeah, said. Yeah. All of a sudden, I watched Hoosiers like, dude, he's now called it sitting on the bench. Like, 
I was like, that's a good performance. He's playing himself. Yeah. No, but but he gets off of... He's no Gene Rolls Hackman. But now, but now, he's just a perennial Hollywood star. Like, Dennis Hopper has gone from Blue Velvet to Speed to anything he's you need. That, that's Dennis Hopper. He's someone that does nothing and is famous. Name the last Dennis Hopper movie you saw. Okay. That's not the uh, point. The Entourage, the entourage uh, episode Listen, where he's in. You love Blue Velvet. No, I, I'm agreeing you with you. You love Hoosiers. I'm saying that's a great comeback. Is that's that a comeback. Get, I'm agreeing with you that he came back to the point that... It doesn't matter. That he's, everyone knows who Dennis Hopper is, but yeah. no one can name what he was in that wasn't... You might be right. Speed. You might be right. I mean, that's a great comeback. You might be right. Well, Speed, he's good in Speed, though. He's one of the best villains I've ever seen in Speed. Minus oh. Javier Bardem. Yeah, Javier Bardem's the best. He blew up Dennis Hopper might be second best. He blew up Jeff Daniels. You can't complain with that. <laughs> no. um, Harry! Harry! What? <laughs> Fuck that shit. All right. My you're number, number three, three. Is your number four Mickey Rourke? Yep. Love that guy. Thing is, I disagree with you on his comeback. Okay. Let's hear it. His comeback to me by far is Sin City. He was so B.A. in that movie. But he wasn't in it enough. He was in it like... Yeah, I know, but the thing is that I never heard of this motherfucker. Like, oh, I've heard of Mickey Rourke, but you know. That's true, you haven't heard it. And he was never casted for anything until he did this movie. And he was the best character in this whole movie by far. I think so. I think, well, Jessica, I mean, Jessica Alba's. No, you're right. No, you're right. Yeah. I think you might be right. And. I'm I'm just thinking out loud. To me, I'm saying that this is when he came back. He, you know. I think this role led to The Wrestler. It led to his Iron Man 2 thing. I mean, to me, the comeback was in Sin City. Right. Cause you he might so, be right. I, I mean, after watching that, and I, I asked my mom, I was like, oh, Mickey Rourke, blah, blah, blah. And, and she was like, yeah, Mickey Rourke. He's like five foot three and known as being like kind of an out of control person. And yeah. that movie, it's made out that he's. Six foot four and yeah. huge and like right. he's a declining ass kicker. Like right. it's not. And to me, that was his comeback. Was I'm reintroducing yeah. myself as I don't care, man. I'm just gonna fucking kill this person and I'm gonna kill myself while I'm doing it. I'm you gonna know, kill like, Elijah Wood because he's a little bitch. Exactly. He was. And I'm gonna have bitch. wolves eat his fucking body. That's what it is. <laughs> no, that's what it is. That's, well, that's my number three. See, but see, but Mickey Rourke maybe in that sense, he didn't really. You could have taken him or leaving him, or left him. I guess would be the. You could have taken him or left him because really, if he would have made a shitty movie after that, he'd be he'd have been done. Mm-hmm. But he made the wrestler. So I think the wrestler really, and and he won, or he obviously garnered, and should have, in my opinion, won. Best actor, actor yeah. for that. Sean Penn did not deserve it. Sean Penn played a hell of a role. He was, but he, was, he not, was fucking milking that award. But it was <laughs> not Mickey Rourke. Yeah. Anyway. Well I, well, I agree with you, but I don't think that I agree with you. Right. Um, I went through puberty much. Did you give me your number two? No, not yet, because I'm not great. I'm talking, we're talking about Mickey, man. Right, okay. Talking about how you said yeah, I thought, I, I thought he, I thought Wrestler was really his, his defining role because it was all him all the time and he showed his prowess, what he could do. 
My, my, Sin my City point, was so stylized. Yeah, yeah. It was so stylized, though, that you couldn't really But tell. my opinion is that Darren wouldn't have even looked at him. Yeah, actually. If, I mean, uh, like, that's I mean, true. Like, no, that's true. Mickey Rourke was an early 90s short star as much as Steve Gutenberg was an early 90s star. <laughs> hey, you lay off the goot. Lay off the goot. Lay off the goot. Lay off the goot. But, goot. I mean, like. That's the thing is that he he brought himself with Sin City yeah, into no, that right. discussion. You know who needs a uh, a shout out? Steve Gutenberg. Not Steve Gutenberg. Who? You know who needs a shout out? I do know who needs a shout out, but tell me yours first. No, that's not true. That's not true. Then you don't know. You must not know. It starts with a C. And then his second name also starts with. Well, that was my shout out too. Cliff, 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 Cliff. Where are you? Where are you, Cliff? Please. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this right now. Do it. I don't care what the fuck you say, Kevin. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm being a dick. We're watching. Be a dick, because it's about Cliff. We're watching a Cliff Curtis film next week. Okay. We're watching Cliff Curtis film. Um, you can't argue with that. We have to. Fuck you, Adam, if you want to watch Kiss of Death, because Cliff Curtis ain't Is in Cliff it. Is Cliff Curtis in it? No. Then we're not watching We're watching Cliff Curtis film, and we're going to send our fucking Cliff... I'm going to say this to our listeners, which is now like 46. <laughs> 45, once you diss Cliff Curtis. So. <laughs> I'm going to... We're going to record a Cliff Curtis episode. Yep. And we're going to send it to Cliff Curtis. Yes. Like, he has to have a website somewhere. I don't give a shit. Oh, he yeah. has to make sure. I'm making sure this goes through. Okay. I don't okay. care. Okay, you put your finger down. Right next to the... That means business. Like, and no, I mean this. Like, we're going to I know to you mean this. That's, I'm, I'm trying to back you up. I'm 100% behind you on this. Cliff could be the fucking missing link, man. <laughs> he is the missing link. We've been trying to get... This whole show was so made fun. for Cliff Curtis. It's true. And we spent 11 weeks not talking about Cliff Curtis. I'm sorry, Cliff. Cliff. We're really sorry, Cliff. We're coming at you, bro. We're coming for you. Now, we're coming for we you. Now, think of the movies that you're in. Uh, we call it the CCCD. <laughs> Cliff Curtis Critical Drinking. Yes. CCCD. I mean, obviously, he's in Sunshine, which is where Cliff Curtis starts. I know for a fact he's in The Fountain, but we can't be doing too many Aronofsky movies. That's so, true. for God's sake, we're researching you, Cliff. Cliff, you better... Send us an email. Critical drinking. I'm gonna give you my number right two. Now. Give me your number two. He likes drugs. He likes drugs? I've never seen that one. He was a big time loser. He was a big time star and then big time loser and then came back. Because he kissed kiss and bang banged his way to the fucking top. Robert, Robert Downey, Downey Jr. Jr. Well done. This guy this motherfucker was a huge star. Like Chaplin. Soulmate was a huge, yeah, he's a huge hit in like '95. Oh, you see, all these hits. He's like, I like coke, I like heroin. Everyone here to go and he loves smoke drugs. Heroin. Yeah. My question to you: What's his comeback movie? Iron Man, which was an amazing hit, which I still haven't seen. And obviously, a lot of people consider it one of the top five greatest comic book movies of all time. That's true. And the new ones coming out. I really want to see it. I don't know what it was. It was kind of a combination of not being able to see it with friends and not seeing it. But it led to, you know, Sherlock Holmes. Yep. And, like, it just really made RDJ, Robert Downey Jr., kind of a very household name. RDJ. Like, oh, it did. And it, 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 
And by when I said soulmate, I meant soul man earlier, by the way. Right. This was a hilarious movie. But it was Robert Downey Jr. was fucking king of shit in the early 90s. And all of a sudden, he's like, heroin's fun. And then he came back. And I give him props for that. But he's a bit giant hot star now. Like, yeah, he like went, someone he, that is getting hired. He went from saying, okay, I'm sorry that I got addicted to drugs and alcohol. I'm sorry. Oh. What can I do? Two. Mm-hmm. And that, right now, he's like. I can pick whatever the fuck I want mm-hmm. because I'm on top of my game. Yep. I agree. And he's, 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 I mean, fortunate for that, but, but he deserves it because of what it's done. What's your number two? Give it to me. My number two. My number two is Marlon Brando in The Godfather. Wow. That's a. It's a good. No, I'll, I'll tell you why it's a good pick. I'll tell you why it's a good pick. Uh, first of all, Marlon Brando started his career with, like, a streetcar named Desire and On the Waterfront. On the Waterfront, he was really good in. And oh, he, uh, it's yeah. considered one of the best movies yeah. of all time. Right? Yeah, and so he's really good in that. And uh, then he kind of got a fat head and... Oh, well, you know, he got a fat something else. Well, no, no, no. He he got a fat head and went and done... Did that and then... Well, like, so tried to go on. Being, he was got fat. Tried, like, tried, no, 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 no. It's that's that's later, because he tried to, he tried to go Broadway. I'm fat, but I understand. No, but he tried to go on Broadway, yeah. and that didn't work. And so then he was cast in The Godfather as Vito Corleone. And believe it or not, Vito Corleone was supposed to be a supporting role, and he won Best Actor for that role. Mm-hmm. And that says a lot about him. And he was, I mean, it was supposed to be, it was supposed to be a supporting role. It was supposed to be almost a novelty role because, you know, he just stuck cotton balls in his mouth mm-hmm. to get that whole, you know, give me enough for you can't refuse. That whole yep, thing. Yep, yep. Cotton balls. So the fact that he got an Oscar for that and he won the Oscar for that says a lot about his performance, says a lot about how great of a comeback is. However... That just caused him to go crazy and kind of demand a lot of money. And he demanded like $3.2 million for 15 minutes in Superman 2. Yeah. Well, and like I mean, a whole bunch of money and all this other shit. And then he got fat and was uh, just just. Bad. Well, it's so weird that he was like the greatest actor of all time. Like yeah. he was considered the greatest actor of all time. He's like, ah, fuck it. I'm just. He earned it that. until yeah. he pissed it away. Yep. And he passed away through not just shitty roles and bad acting, but through being a dick. Like, right. I agree. I'm going to give him my number one. Give me my number one. As much as I hate to say this, John Travolta. What? He's my number one comeback performance because of his one role in Pulp Fiction. Number one comeback. He was in Saturday Night Fever, Grease, Urban Cowboy, those you know, 70s movies where he was the shit. He was. Then he was in Welcome Back, Cotter, all this yeah, stuff. He, he was, Travolta was the shit. Mm-hmm. And then, since the early 80s, he didn't do much of anything. Like, he just kind of was in pissy little crap. Then, Tarantino, who is... One of the best. One of the... He... I mean, honestly, Tarantino... What up? Jesus Christ! <laughs> you were spilling your shit. I can't help that. That's that's two no, times that I have 
the most spilliest fucking cracks <laughs> ever. I don't hurt. On. We had some. We had some wipe ups, but that yeah. wasn't out of scene. It wasn't no. like I was in here like right. No, you were egregious. True. Ooh. General egregious. General egregious. <laughs> but it's got four arms and four lightsabers. But honestly, Travolta, he was nothing, and then Tarantino cast him. And it was a perfect casting, as usual, for Tarantino movies. So perfect. As the drug-addicted, you know, like, Mm -hmm. coke or heroin or whatever he was doing, addict, in Pulp Fiction. And his career, honestly, from then on, was reborn, like, totally. He became became an A-list star. He really did. He became an A-list star, and then guess what he did? Battlefield Earth. Rated number one worst movie of all time by the Razzies. Exactly. So he, he went on, he, he took what Quentin Tarantino gave him, he made some movies, and then he just pissed it away. Well, with yeah. Battlestar. <laughs> with, with Battlefield Earth. Is that Anyways, your number one? That's my number one. John Travolta is my number one because honestly, I think Pulp Fiction. Was his rebirth? He would have been dead right now if he didn't do Pulp Fiction. I can't believe my number one wasn't even a number five. Because right when we talked about this, I wanted this as my number one, and it is. This actor was the bee's knees in the like bee's knees? 89. 89 or something. You know what happened about, I don't know, 2003? MJ Fox. Close. Mm. He want you know what he showed up out of nowhere. He's like, I burned some houses down in movies and cured some kids and movies yeah. and movie shows. Happened is that all of a sudden the coolest person right now is Neil Patrick Harris. Yes! I'm so happy you did that. He's a he's an honorable mention. Oh, Neil Patrick Harris oh, is my I'm number so one. You know why? That. Because he is fucking Doogie Howser. You know what he was after Doogie Howser? Nothing. Nothing. He fucking, he fucking sat on his ass and did TV movies. That's true. That's he, fucking true. <laughs> he showed up in Harold and Kumar and was a fucking drunk. Burgers. I want me some fur burgers. Like fur bur- burgers, yeah. Fur burgers. Yeah, he turned out the best in that movie. I can guarantee you that role in that movie, like being hilarious, got him How I Met Your Mother. All, his, got, all his TV roles, all his... Yeah, acting, what? all his acting roles in Everything general. led to, from Harold and Kumar. Hosting what? the Tonys. Yeah, he hosted the He guest pre-hosted the Oscars. Is like, I'm Neil Jesus, Patrick Harris. Seriously. You may be wondering why I'm here, but I'm doing the introduction. Like, it's like, it's Neil Patrick Harris's world, and we're all like, oh, yeah. oh, that guy totally. fucking dominates. He's got a great role. He could come out as being gay. And all of a sudden, people are like, Everyone ah, loves him sh- now. Yeah, who gives a shit? And his most famous role now is as Barney on... On How I Met Your Mother. Which is about... Yep. Which is all about him trying to bang chicks. Oh, yeah. Which it's is hilarious. like... Which is hilarious. Because he just For came out that he's gay. Yeah. Like, he has to be the best because of that. Like, and, no, it's, right. and it literally right. lit, it literally came from Harold and Kumar go to White Castle, him showing up. It was the best yeah. scene ever. It was a dick move. Yeah, it That's was why a, I'm paying, paying for, for your, your meal. fucking meal. <laughs> oh, my God. You know what? <laughs> That's best. the best number one I've heard from you 
in the entire series of our 12 and, shows. Right when you said it, that was my number one. I knew the whole time. You said number one. When when I, when I me and Ryan kind of earlier in the week pitch the top fives we're going to yeah. get, we pitch movies, and we're usually quick to decide on a movie. And then we go, okay. We decide on the first, like two or three yeah, that we yeah. know are going to be like, on the top okay, five. Okay, what, what, what top fives are we going to do? Yeah. And so I pitched, uh, you know, top five comebacks, mm-hmm. and Ryan goes, I immediately know my number one. And I couldn't guess it. And you know what? The only reason why I didn't pick NPH and the reason why I'll circle it here, he's on my he's my number one honorable mention is because his film career hasn't uh, happened yet. Yeah, so Bob but he really like, is he really is the best story of a comeback. And if you want to talk about that a film led because, him to his comeback. Because yeah, I mean, honestly, he was doogie and then <laughs> nothing happened. And then he was in Harold Kumar, and then boom. everything happened. And then everything for him happened. Everyone no, knows right. Doogie Howser. Yep, you're right. And he shows up talking about shrooms and fur burgers. Right. And it's like... And everything. And happened. everything's like, I want him on my yes. show. All yes. of a sudden, like... Yes. And he's, he's so hosting, good on that show. He's hosting awards. Oh, he's getting so movies. He's yes. fucking... Yes. He's fucking the tits, man. All right. What other honorable mentions you got? Oh, well, Yes, I got a couple. Now... I'm telling Kevin that we need to do ourselves a, a feminine show. Like yes, this we isn't do. this isn't an anti-feminine like. Yeah, I've got girls on my podcast. You know, too. it's just that it's just that you know what we haven't done a lot of female things. Right. But my first mention is for Miss Little Bundy. I don't know how to put it, Christina Applegate. Christina Let's Applegate, be honest. Yeah. She she was. The Bundy daughter that was hot. Yeah. Sh- uh, this beard showed up and as Veronica Corningstone. Veronica Corningstone. And then got her own show. God, that's a good pick. Yeah, I mean, wow. she, she did a good job. She came well back. Well done. Well done. She came back, yes, right? Yes, she did. Yes, she did. Uh, another one is Woody. Woody Harrelson. Well, the thing was, I want to put oh, Woody on my top yeah. five. I yes. want to put Woody on my top five. And this is such a shitty pick. Because everyone knows Woody Harrelson. Then all of a sudden you go, oh man, he's an old country woman. He got nominated this year for Best Supporting Actor. Yes, he did. I haven't seen that stuff. And he was in Zombieland. And yes, then I went was. to his IMDb and looked at all the films he did in between. Which sucked. Between Kingpin yeah. and, and now? Yeah, there's like a movie that's coming straight out of, like, straight Saudi to Arabia. DVD that's <laughs> him, like, being a superhero that <laughs> sucks. Like,. Woody, come on, buddy. He's like the white Samuel L. Jackson. You're better than I that. ain't being a dick. He's just this is white Samuel L. Jackson. Just show up. I'll do any script you send me. Seriously, but that's I, what Sammy J does. But Sammy J at least picks movies that are going to let me over 10 mil in the box office. Yeah, that's true. Woody's like, I don't give a shit. So Woody's my half-hearted one. My last one is that this one wanted to be on my top five. Yeah. It wanted to be... And it could have been number one, but it was one of those that could have been number one or could have not been on it. It's Christian Bale. I mean, if you go from, if you think about, it, he was Empire of the Sun, which was we've talked about Christian Bale before. Empire of the Sun, he got great, great regards for that. He did Newsies, yeah. You know, uh, American Psycho, which was kind of him at his semi low point, and yep. all of a sudden he just did. Not, he was a bad guy in Shaft. 
He was the bad guy in Shaft. If people have seen Shaft, that was Christian. That was Batman. That was the bad guy in that movie. And you know, he spent you know ten, eight years doing nothing, like being right. shit. And all of a sudden, he goes, "I'm Batman. I am you know public enemy. I am." Any role I'm in is going to be fucking awesome. Like, he went from having absolutely nothing to I can demand any role, and it's going to make at least $100 million. Yeah. I mean, that's a great comeback, if yeah, you think seriously. about it. And that's, I wanted to put him in there, but it's like, I don't know. I mean, like, can you really use a precursor of, he's in part of the song by Steven Spielberg. Well, and like, and, but, he's in equilibrium. Yeah, well, so equilibrium. Could have, could have said but that. that made like two million dollars. But yeah, he was good. Honest, he was yeah. great at it. He had it the greatest move, of all, greatest move of all action movies. And I will never <laughs> defy it. Two assault rifles at my head. Don't worry about it. I'll just hit the barrels, and because I know that both of them have a four stock on them, <laughs> yep. spin around, grab the handles, and shoot them in the face. Yes. Don't worry about it. Equilibrium. <laughs> Watch it, and you'll be impressed. Oh man, there's a puppy in it. I almost want to cry. Don't he cry. did. He did all that crazy shit for a puppy in the middle of it. For all, God, damn, damn puppy. Labrador puppy, which are cute. <laughs> all right, my uh, I have five honorable mentions. Good. I had ten. I had ten going in today, and I had best part is I have off. an honorable mention, which is HL, and I have no idea what that is. I have no idea. Oh, I I will give it to you. Okay, go. Here, it Here it is. Uh, Number five is is NPH, who you already mentioned. I won't say anything else because we already talked about it. And you know that it, you know what it should have been on your top five. It should have explained it, about it. Really should. Uh, number four, Jason Bateman. He was yeah. In, he was in Teen Wolf two. I <laughs> know he was in Teen, Teen Wolf T O O. Teen Wolf two. He was in Teen Wolf two. He just he dressed up as Teen Wolf after Teen Wolf was even. I don't know if Teen Wolf was even cool. But he added, he added it after it was cool. The best part, I got two points about this, I gotta yeah. say it now, oh, yeah. is that the best part about Jason Bateman is drama going, man, Jason Bateman stole my girl, that teen wolf fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and yes. number two is that the claim to fame of Teen Wolf 1, Teen Wolf? Wow, Teen, teen Wolf 1, wolf. which I really enjoyed, was that at the end of the movie, when they're celebrating, some fucking random extra in the crowd and the just pulls out his dick and there's a fucking random cock in the is middle. There? Yes, at the end of the movie. It's even on Dan Patrick. <laughs> and Dan Patrick's like, I, yes. tried, I tried to enjoy Team Wolf and then all of a sudden after they won the championship there was a cock on the screen. I was like... <laughs> So that's why yeah. Team Wolf so... Yeah, that's a good yeah, point. Jason Maven did... He did, he did that dodgeball bit he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see if it pays off for him, Cotton. He did that. He did Juno, which he was actually really good in. And obviously he did Arrested, Arrested Development, Moment. which kind of lost his career. Well, the one thing, thing, well, 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 the one thing is that, like, it's different when you come into a movie and, like, like I don't know, like, Team Wolf, like, he is just kind of getting a role. But I understand the comeback thing, you know what I mean? But there's some people that... Do yeah. the I'm well. You're not. Ass, yeah, you're not yeah. supposed to. You're not supposed to recover from Teen Wolf two. You're not supposed to recover from that. It was Teen Wolf. He did extract. He did. You know. And the best part is that was literally back. It was literally Teen Wolf. Also, it was Teen Wolf. Like you said, T O O. T O O. Yeah. It, it was. It was Teen Wolf. Also, one it thing wasn't about Teen Wolf. The second one. One thing about NPH two that really could have hurt him. He tried to come back. 
He was in Starship Troopers. <gasps> he was he is so good. He, he was, was a so pilot oh, alongside no. Denny he, he became a psychological expert. At the end, he feels the brain bug and goes, it feels fear. And they all yes. start cheering. Right? It feels fear. Right? Yes. All right. My number three is your, the one that you have on your list so you don't know what it is. What is it? Heath Ledger. That's a great... Is that not it? Oh, is that my HL? That's got to be your HL. That's my HL. He did, he did all these, he did all these chick flicks. Like, he oh, really he did. did. So, ten, ten things that everybody knew. Ten things in, I hate about you. First he, night, he was all this stuff. Casanova. And I, and I yeah. enjoyed ten things I hate about you. Oh, everyone Yeah, did. yeah, but, but I mean like... then... When he did Brokeback Mountain, that's exactly that his, that's exactly my point. Yes. That was his breakout. He did Brokeback Mountain. And everyone was like, "Holy shit, this guy can act!" Regardless of how you felt about Brokeback, I I personally thought it easily deserved the Oscar, but I was wrong. Well, I thought so too. I mean, but then he did The Dark Knight, and he just cemented himself as an amazing actor. And unfortunately, well, it was we such a tra- it was such a transformation that it really was. It's like, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and Heath Ledger. It's like two teen heartthrobs together. You know, blah, blah, But honestly... Uh, yeah, Have I'm you a- seen Brothers? No, I haven't seen it yet. I just watched it on the plane on the way home. How is it? Jake Gyllenhaal is an Gyllenhaal? actor. He is. Gyllenhaal, whatever it is. He's an actor. He that's is. A fr- that's, the, that's the first time I've actually... Because I... Well, I haven't seen a lot of stuff he's done recently, but that's the first time I said Jake Gyllenhaal... Is an actor. Well, I went and saw. I, I went and saw Brokeback in the theaters. Yeah, and like I don't know, like everyone talked about Heath Ledger and stuff, and like I went and saw it, and Heath was Heath was amazing. I mean, he was good, but it was a whole overall thing that I thought was great. But like, man, I'm going public with something that's private. Yeah. But right now, I'm going public with something private. My brother's gay, and he went and saw the movie, and he was absolutely shell shocked to say shell shocked, like absolutely stunned yeah. to see Heath Ledger's performance because it was it was representation of so many things. It was so restrained, yeah. yet so not barbaric in a way, but like it was like emotion is taken away from your social mind. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And he said it was one of the best performances he's ever seen. And, like, and you hear that, and he got nominated for so many awards. He didn't win. Like, he deserved the, it. He, I, he, he, honestly, did, he really did deserve it. And then when you see his work in The Dark Knight, I mean, that's... He really... He does. He, he does. I mean, he, he died way actor. too early. I mean, really? anyone that died at, in their 20s died too early. But the honestly, fact... Yeah. The fact that he was absolutely not even getting in a stride. He was out striding his stride. He yeah. was way beyond. Going from Night Cell Casanova to Brokeback Academy Award nomination to one of the best villains oh, yeah. of all time. I mean, it was like, it's like all of a sudden someone opened up one of the greatest actors of all time and then ended. Yeah. That's so true, and it's it's tough to it's tough to think of it like that. I'm glad you brought that up, and yeah. I'm glad you made me realize what my HL was for. Yeah, there it was. Let's close because, it out. All right, let's close it out. Two, we're, uh, let's we're two, out quickly, quickly. 
Robert Downey Jr., you've already mentioned. Yeah. That was on my honorable mention. Last one, and this one might be one that you didn't think about, Drew Barrymore. Yeah, if you talk about from her beginning, yeah. Drew Barrymore did E.T., <laughs> and then she did another movie. And then movie she did when drugs, she was like, yes. And then, and, then, and then she was at Studio 54 doing drugs and alcohol at like 10. Mm-hmm. Who recovers from that? Yep. You go into Dr. Drew's celebrity rehab when you do that. Yeah, but she came back and she's done so. She's, many, a, she's a movie star now. She she's is a movie, movie. Star. a movie star. It's it's beyond impressive. So regardless of what comeback quote unquote that's movie great, she has, she has a, a comeback career of that's all great. time. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So, so that's what that's what I got. But, uh, um, I think that's a great point. I think it's good. Uh, let's go. Let's go. Shout outs. We're gonna do shout outs. Quick. Uh, What's your first cat? First. Uh, my first shout out is to Rosie. Oh, uh, I know this is not appropriate because it was not my dog, but um, yeah, Katie and Brian were host of a dog, which was one of the sweetest individual chihuahuas I've mm-hmm. ever met. True, and housed for him twice. And they and Rosie was by far the sweetest and would sleep with me every night. Mm-hmm. Well, not in that way, but would sleep next to me every night. And that I can't imagine. I haven't been there since the day happened, but I cannot imagine going to that door and not having that wonderful, beautiful Chihuahua greet me. And mm-hmm. I will, I will miss her very much. Yeah. And that is my first shout-out, even though it was not my dog. And, I mean, I knew that dog for only a year, but right. uh, an impression has been made, and I will miss her for probably the rest of my life. Yeah. Sweet, Rosie. R.I.P. Rest in peace. You're up next. I'm up next. Uh, my shout-out is less sentimental. It's about Wrigleyville in Chicago. <laughs> I was good. at I was at Wrigleyville... Uh, this last weekend with my friend Katie, who I work with, and she lives literally a home run away from Wrigley Field. Sammy Sosa home run on steroids, probably. Uh, a, a corked bat away from Wrigley, State, Wrigley Field, yeah. A corked bat shot away. Uh, but she lives, and there's just, Wrigleyville is just bar after bar after bar. After bar, yeah. it was so much fun. A lot of fun. If you can, if you can get to Wrigleyville or if you can get to Chicago, please visit because it is really go to the top of the John Hancock Tower too because it's the best view, the best free view of Chicago you can get. So that's my shout out. And Ryan, your second shout out. My second shout out is to the secondary shitty, not secondary, but. The second shitty event that happened yesterday was to Sarah, my girlfriend, mm-hmm. who I love. That hope you're safe. I hope everything worked out okay, and I hope that anyone that was severely injured in this car crash is okay. I mean, this may not mean a lot to our listeners, but to I mean, the fact that a van without seat belts rolled three or four times and that hopefully no one is going at 70 miles per hour no one is hurt yeah i mean every people are everyone's hurt but no one is 
dead or right. close to it. Right. No, Hopefully it is a big thing and I want yeah. to give my support support to that. And then my last support, so okay, you can end this one out, but my mm-hmm. last support is for the new MGMT album. Yes. We uh we listened to that whole listen to the we listened to song. the first which which apparently they don't want to have have well, uh, that was title tracks that. or have have uh people know people know MGMT for you know, time to pretend for the hits. Yeah, electric feel kids. Right. So MGMT came out with an album that that was, was no sing- they didn't want to give a single and hit they gave one early and there's no hits on this album. There's let's no be hits. And they 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 came out and said like I felt like we were living time to pretend like the the song we sang about being rock stars and living and shooting heroin and all that shit. They're like we started becoming that and we realized we didn't want to become that and this whole album is individually not enjoyable as a whole. Very, very enjoyable. I recommend you listen to it. Kevin, you end us there out. You go. Send us out. Uh, so we watched Royal Tenenbaums. We Royal. Talked, we talked about our top five comeback performances. I think this was one of the one of the best top fives we've done just because there was so much to draw from. A lot of thought. A lot of thought. A lot of, thought, thought. In lot of yeah. thought in it, yeah. Um, we have our we have our poll still open on critical drinking podcast dot com. Go vote. Um, it's deciding whether we want Adam to be a guest host next week or not. We decided to leave it open another week. Vote it was now. So close. I mean, we got we got two vote. Well, we got let's see. We got a portion of the vote for hell yes. A portion of the vote for. Uh, yeah. And then we also got a strong portion of the vote for the nose. So go on there, see if you want to, you know, give us a vote. This is us trying to give Adam a chance. Right, give Adam a chance. Adam, Adam, talking to your friends. Adam was on The Rock, and, you know, that... That movie was too good for him, I understand. It was too good, so we're going (laughs) to review, uh, you know, Kiss of Death, which he bought just for this podcast. Let's just say that. So give us a vote on there and we'll uh we'll talk to you guys next week. Alright, take it easy, everyone.